Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Good afternoon to you. A warm welcome to The Call. Ten stocks picked by you. Two expert guests all over the course of one hour on this Friday, the 2nd of July. I'm Nadine Blaney. A very special welcome to all of our viewers that are watching us live on Twitter, Facebook and YouTube as well, given that it's a Friday. Let me introduce our guests to you both from locked down Sydney. We've got Junbei Liu from Tribeca Investment Partners joining us live via Skype and Adam Dawes from Shaw and Partners. Guys, thank you so much for joining us today. I know logistically it can be a bit challenging. Um, just to, to start the program, I mean, we have this non-farm payroll report that comes through tonight. Don't need you to comment on that. But Junbei, do you think that it could be uh, you know, a source of some consternation for the market if we do see some sort of a beat on these numbers, bringing the prospect of interest rate hikes closer. Look, um, I think uh, market has been through quite a few surprises in recent months. And, um, you know, the actual ultimate share price reaction has demonstrated that um, you know, even some of those beats will simply means that uh, um, a, a lot of those pressure or inflationary pressure is probably short term. Um, and uh, what Fed has said a couple of weeks ago um, definitely has, um, you know, has eased the market or calmed the market uh, about this uh, structurally high interest rate could potentially damage the economy and damage everything else. So, um, so I think ultimately um, a good, a good, good non-farm payroll is good, and uh, that will underpin the recovery in uh, economic activity. And um, you know, central banks around the world has made a, a very good commitment about a slow interest rate increase uh, further down the track, um, nothing dramatic, and that is all very healthy for equity market. It is because it comes down to earnings, Adam. I'm already planning my reporting season and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, are you pretty bullish as we head toward reporting season here? Look, I think you have to be fairly bullish in a lot of the sectors that are out there. And certainly some of those would be in the material sector, uh, the banking sector, those kinds of things. I think you do need to be bullish and you do need to be understanding that these things are going to do well going into reporting season. I think the energy sector is one that we need to keep an eye on. I don't think that they're going to do or report some great numbers. So that's something that you know we need to be mindful of. And I think the healthcare sector should do okay. But that also uh, is, is an Aussie dollar story. So look, I'm, in answer to your question, Nadine, I am uh, fairly bullish on uh, this reporting season. It's really what's gonna come next year and the year after. As you rightly say, those interest rates potentially might put a bit of a dampener on our market. All right, uh, I know Just that- this reporting season, uh, it will be quite interesting that um, it's, uh, uh, even though you know most people position for a good, um, uh, the COVID winner have good earnings, but things are sort of getting softer and everything. But the, the Sydney lockdown towards the end of the financial year has certainly put a bit of change in dynamic, I think, heading into this reporting season. Um, some of the COVID winners potentially will do a little bit better just in terms of, um, you know, the, the, the likely comps that potentially, um, you know, is a little bit better than expected. Uh, and the, the COVID loser could potentially have a bit of earnings um, sort of, you know, fall just for a few weeks. Um, you know, regardless, Sydney is a big part of the Australian economy. So, um, yeah, so it's actually this reporting season so it will be fascinating to watch. And Bay as well because these recurring lockdowns, I think will also give companies that excuse to say that the future still is very uncertain and we will not be providing guidance at this time, don't you think now? 
Yeah, I actually think that's very true. So there's a lot of cyclical businesses have built in. The share price have rallied very hard in the last six to eight months. Um, and there's, so there's a lot of expectations built into the share price that the reporting season, there will be big earnings upgrade into next year. Um, and so I think this is where there will be a little bit of uncertainty because they're not going to provide anything. And it doesn't look like we'll travel anytime soon. And this lockdown may be on and off uh, for quite some time until we reach a critical mass of vaccination population. So so, yeah, so it's, um, you know, this reporting season could be quite volatile. Mm -hmm. OK, so uh, I'm looking forward to it already. Let's just get to the stock of the day, though, shall we? Because I know the three of us could sit and talk for quite some time uh, around the edges. It is IDP Education. So after the market closed yesterday, announced that it will become the sole distributor of internationally recognized English language tests in e India, and uh, I'll timestamp this. We're about 10 minutes past 12 here in Sydney on this Friday. Shares are up by 17% on that news. Morgan's upgrading its earnings per share targets for 22-23, saying it sees very low risk to the execution of the deal because IDP already runs the tests in India. Junbei, I'll start with you because I was going to ask about execution risk, but Morgan, at least believes that IDP has it all covered. They, they have form with this uh, in the past, don't they? That's right. So um, Morgan makes a good point. Uh, it's absolutely right. Uh, so IDP uh, already um, offers, uh, provides the IELTS um, English testing uh, in India together with British Council. Um, so usually, so IELTS is provided globally um, across, uh, you know, over 50 countries uh, operated by solely by British Council and uh, IDP. Now, so uh, IDPs already hold over 50% of market share in IELTS in India. So buying out the uh, British Council version should provide very limited risk because, you know, they know the market and things are good. Um, and uh, well, actually, not things are good, but uh, things are a little bit tough at the moment. But you know, it gives a, a long-term consolidation opportunity in that market. So yeah, so it's a really good acquisition. And what it also says, and that's why share prices up quite a bit, is that um, potentially there will be more licenses or more of those regions up for sale, uh, just because um, you know British Council as a government uh, agency uh, uh, is is under a bit of uh, financial pressure. Um, and for them, this is uh, you know a good way of uh, you know, um, monetize some of those places. So, yeah, so it's a good acquisition. Share price reacted. Um, what to do from here? I think, you know, my view is that this is uh, IDP is a hold for me. It's a good quality company. It's just the share price is, uh, it has run pretty high. Um, you know, it is on a very, very high multiple, um, you know, trading on uh, over 90 times 2019 earnings. Um, and we have yet to see the international student returning. So it's about what you pay. And I think it's a it's a good business. There might be more acquisition coming and they do need the acquisition to sort of grow into the consensus expectations. Adam, now, yeah. do you like the business? Does it come down to price for you as well? Yeah, look, it does. I mean, I think it's an interesting business because you, you really look at these kinds of, uh, you know, businesses on the stock exchange and they do somewhat struggle through this COVID side of things and this has been one of the issues that we've always had with our, our IDP but the IDP did say that they get an estimated run rate or a synergy rate of six to eight million dollars within the first 24 months of completion I think that's really really good and they said volume is growing on an average of 21 percent for the last sort of nine years inside of uh, India as well so look highly accredited. They have said that the transaction will be 13% EPS accredited, uh, including synergies on a pro forma basis from 2019 and on. So I think the, the acquisition is certainly good. It has looked like it's going to be funded by existing cash and debt, and that's expected to be completed next month. So look, it's a hold from me as well. I forget the name. Maybe uh, Nadine, you can tell me the name that the, the other newly listed education is it. Uh, Jenison that, that you're talking about? Key path. It's the key path. Key, yeah, the key oh, path. Key path. The key path education. Yeah. That, that that actually looked quite good on paper as well because it was all of that sort of external, not going in, but uh, you know, online university kinds of things. But that again has struggled as well. So I think the market just probably is a little bit uh, full of these education side of things. But I think IDP, it's a hold from me, but IDP is probably the best in the sector. And that's why I'm, I'm happy to place a hold on it.
Okay, all right. Best of the bunch, and there's a few now around. There was another one that came up on an episode of the call I hosted that was in that space, and I don't have the name of it on hand, but uh, I'll post it on Twitter if anyone's interesting once I remember. All right, let's get to the first stock that has been nominated by you guys. And we can bring you up on screen for this one because I'd love to see your reactions. Uh, you know that we've got viewers out there that track every move. I'm convinced that some of them have spreadsheets and write down any comments that you guys make. And for good reason, they're good value. But Nuix is one. Uh, this is coming from Chris. And I think this applies to you as well, Adam, as well, because he says, uh, Junebay says it's not often we get a company of Nuix's caliber on the ASX. It, we know the disaster that it's been in terms of uh, management and share price performance. What do you think now? Junebay, we'll start with you. All right. <laughs> Good that uh, Adam is on the same side as me. Uh, look, uh, in terms of new, new X, um, uh, when it first listed, everything looked good on paper. So, um, you know, we most of us participated in the IPO and we all made a lot of money out of it. Share price rallied very hard and most of us took profits. So, so look, it's a very good business um, at the time it was seen. Now, the issue is that because, um, you know, when they started having issues with missing guidance and the like, management started um, becoming, you know, not really talking to investors. Um, and uh, then the, you know, the, all the negative spiral happens. And then now that there's a disclosure and all of the other issues that's now coming to fall. As an investor, you need to take those in, uh, those information into account. Um, it is a very complex business. Every account, every contract is, uh, um, you know, is, is measured very differently and is accounted very, very differently. So if they, you started having doubt with one of those contracts, then it does throw into question of the rest of them. So, um, you know, most of us have lost faith uh, in, you know, the management, uh, managing of the expression of the, um, you know, the actual um, uh, announcement in the financial front and then the CFO um, then stepped down, CEO stepped down and then now the insider trading. This has been a complete disaster. Um, you know, you certainly want to steer away from this business. It looked like, it, on paper, it looked like good business with lots of government contracts. But then if you start having um, regulatory bodies looking into, um, you know, some of your um, uh, personnels as well as uh, financial accounts and things, um, it will create a lot of problem for its actual business because it's, remember, it's a business that offers uh, those data and insights into a lot of those um, highly sensitive um, security spaces. So, you know, when you have those reputational damage, um, it could put a lot of your uh, large customers or contracts um, at risk. So, you know, it is something you absolutely want to steer away. Um, just let this play out. And, you know, what it looks like is that, you know, there, there might even be uh, legal issues on the, um, on the front and things. So um, definitely avoid this stock. Avoid. So just to be clear, uh, you took your profits early in the piece after the IPO. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, look, it, this is one thing about active management as an active investor. Um, this market is no longer a market where you buy and hold simply because there's so much volatility in the share price. You know, when you make your double your return in three months, um, investors got to sit back and uh, reassess and think about, you know, what, um, you know, what more do I want? Um, perhaps it's better allocating those profit into something else. Um, so this is what we try to do um, just because there's so much volatility in the share price in today's world. And you would be a sell. You would not be buying this now and hoping for better days. I think it, well, you might have to wait for a very long time. OK, Adam, what do you think of yeah. Nuix now? I mean, uh, again, uh, the question becomes, is it so beaten down that there's no way uh, forward but up? So first of all, uh, every share can go to zero. So let, let's just make that clear. And this one definitely looks like it's heading further lower, even on today's uh, numbers as well. The second thing is, is that when you see a departure of a CFO and then a CEO in quick succession, you know there's something that's going on in the background. And it's highly unusual for this high turnover in such a short period, especially soon after an IPO. So the UX needs to be constructive and it steps to rebuild confidence to begin the journey to get this stock back off its knees or off, off the ground and then keep moving forward. Fundamentally, you know, the business is very, very good. And, and the market, I think, is quite positive on the business going forward, but it's the risk with the management that is the issue. And 
I, I think that if they can get a good CEO in there, get a good CFO and calm the shit down and just tell everybody, just, you know, just wait a bit so they can get this stuff organized. Confidence will return into this business. But at the moment I'm with Jumbo, it's an avoid. I don't like getting into stocks that have legal proceedings against them. And this is exactly one of those stocks that will have some legal proceedings against it. You might even see some shareholder revolt as well. So this has got a long way to go. And there's a lot of water that needs to go under the bridge before you start looking at this. But the business as a whole is very, very good. And it is very, very positive. It's just the management that the market doesn't have any uh, uh, confidence on. So it's not one that I would choose at the moment. Okay. Got it. Thanks, guys. Let's get to the next company on the list. This is Aroa Biosurgery, ARX for AJ. Uh, says that the company's been releasing news steadily, but the share price has been stuck in a range for a number of months now. So, Adam, is it news that is not necessarily material or obviously not a catalyst for the share price? So why not? Yeah, so this is obviously an interesting one, and there's a couple of brokers that are quite are fond of this stock so you know i need to sort of uh look at this with with a little bit of a uh, an understanding of the business as such but really the catalysts i think for this business are going to be that outpatient uh reimbursement and coding um, and also potential merger and acquisition or some corporate activity but there are a fair few risks with this business i mean that's and, and that's really the commercial delays clinical trial risks and program costs overruns so look, I, I think this one is an interesting one. Uh, there is there is seeing some positive momentum coming into the third quarter of 2021 and even into the fourth quarter. And they have guided, uh, they did report a loss of seven and a half million, but they are guiding to a, a stronger uh, second half this year. So I think the outlook's okay. I just don't really get excited about these ones. And you can see that the market's not getting excited about this one either because it is trading in that range. And that's really sort of where we need to go. Most brokers have got sort of price targets of sort of $2 on it or $1.85. So, look, there is some upside there. But for me, I think it's it, it would be an avoid again. I don't really like these kinds of businesses. And it's a, it's a tough business uh, to, to sort of get some kind of um, grip on and what they're going to do. And some of those catalysts or those risks are fairly, fairly significant as well. So it's one that I wouldn't be touching at the moment. How about for you? I mean, is it is it too small for you anyways, Jumbe? No, there's nothing too small as long as we can make money. Um, we like this one. Uh, so, and this one definitely has a lot of upside. So just think this Aroa as a miniature version of, um, of, uh, um, of uh, Polynoble, yeah? So uh, at a much, much significant discount, simply because it's smaller, it's up and coming, it's not yet in the index. So lack of, uh, essentially, people don't know about it. It's so tiny. Um, it, it's, it's born out of New Zealand. Um, it's gone global, got lots of contracts. Um, and um, and uh, it actually has a lot of clinical studies supporting its product uh, actually works really well, whereas Polynoble doesn't actually have a lot of things to support that. So it's, it's actually doing really well. The reason being that if you look at the share price, it doubled on the day one, right, in terms of share price performance. At the moment, it's just been tracking sideways because um, uh, there is a escrow that's uh, there is a big um, private equity and uh, um, uh, holding that's coming out of escrow um, uh, in July. So, um, and then this is uh, th this is just provides a little bit of liquidity into the market. But there has been a lot of holders selling, just essentially, um, you know, making a bit more space to take more shares when it does come through. So, you know, this is what's been putting pressure on the share price. But underlying uh, in terms of contracts, in terms of uh, growth through the hospital and different uh, newer markets, things are going well, and it's just trading at a big discount to Polynoble. Um, and um, yeah, so you know, my view is that you've got to take a little bit longer term view, take advantage of this liquidity event, uh, which is in July. And, um, and I think once we pass that, share price will move quite nicely. Okay, so it's a buy from June Bay. Digital X is the next one on the list, DCC. Uh, this viewer has, I don't know his name actually, or her name, singled out you, Adam, saying would really enjoy hearing some further information about it. Seems to be an interesting ASX listed take on the crypto world. So instead of buying coin, if you think that there's a future in digital currencies, blockchain and the like, would Digital no. X be a way that you could invest uh, via a listed Look, vehicle? Yes. 
yes is the answer and it's the only one on the Australian market that actually has the ability for us to uh, get involved with digital currency or, or crypto. So this is one good way of doing it. These guys do hold a fair bit of Bitcoin themselves and as Bitcoin uh, price goes up and down on a ridiculous volatility uh, on a day-to-day -day basis. Uh, yeah, th this one is an interesting one. I really like this story. I, I know I'm a little going out on a little bit of a limb here with this one because the problem is that I get asked maybe four to five times a day, how do I buy a cryptocurrency? Can you buy a cryptocurrency for me? These kinds of things. And I can't buy a sure and partners. I can't. But I push them towards this because I think this is somewhere where you can get some value or derive some value from that uh, crypto side of things. And they, they did come out and said that they had some uh, a decent uh, number of revenue or some more revenue received from uh, a couple of other businesses and an advisory business they've got. So they've got a couple of strings to their bow. It has, it has lagged a little bit since I sort of introduced this one to the channel, which was a couple of months ago. It did spike up a bit and now it's come back again. But look, it's it's my pseudo exposure to digital currency. So I, I'm going to stay with my buy on this okay. one. Okay. Now, is there money to be made in this one, June Bay? We know that's what you're all about at the, you know, that's that's your reason for being here. What What is it in terms of digital X that might attract you? Uh, look, um, I, I uh, it, it sounds very exciting, but uh, honestly, I, you know, I much prefer companies that, um, you know, have its own competitive edge that can drive the earnings growth and then um, and then the share price will go with it, right? So a company that's unique in its form and has certain, um, you know, long-lasting structural lead, uh, drivers to drive those things. Uh, Digital X sounds like um, a business that essentially give you exposure to cryptocurrency. And my view of cryptocurrency is that uh, eventually there's a place in the world for them. And uh, but uh, um, it's just near term. There's a lot of volatility in them. And, uh, you know, to be able to see what, um, you know, which one will be, um, you know, the ultimate leader in all of that and with the regulatory changes and all of which to me, it's very early stage in that whole um, whole uh, digital currency space. Um, there's a lot of competition in that space um, and uh, just volatility. So for me, I probably will stay uh, avoiding those business uh, much rather to put money in, um, you know, companies that um, I understand the story rather than based on what cryptocurrency price might do. So this is an avoid for June Bay. Now, we get to the next one on the list. This is for Mike. Uh, this is Freedom Foods, FNP, another company that has been through a tumultuous time, uh, pretty close to the edge, in fact. And there's you know, just no visi visibility about these, uh, I suppose, the impact of the recapitalization plan, the turnaround prospects. I mean, again, Jubei, is this just too, too risky at this stage of the game? I think it's too difficult. Um, I think, you know, one thing investors always have to remember is that turnaround story is always tough. Um, and um, not many businesses actually uh, are able to drive through, uh, well, to come through as a better business during turnaround. So I'm much wait to see how it goes um, rather than, um, you know, getting early because you much rather miss the first 20% and rather than, you know, lose it all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, do you have anything really substantial to add in discussing Freedom Foods, Adam? Uh, well, we're, we're, we're again, we're in this uh, situation where we've got court proceedings going against the company. And I think that's one of my big rules is don't get involved with these things. And, and um, you know, so it, it is tough. The reason why this stock has had such a bad run is that they couldn't manage their inventory. And what happened is that they basically went through and did this sort of big inventory a couple of, well, a year ago now probably, mm -hmm. and, and found out that they, they had product which, you know, on the shelf that was um, days old or, or was off out of date and they just couldn't manage that inventory going forward. So it's really important for a business that's doing whole foods or foods to be able to manage that inventory at a, at a, at a proper rate. A proper rate. So. Look, I, I think, you know, it, it is going to be uh, a really tough business for them to get moving again. They have, uh, you know, sort of re-engineered the book, those kinds of things, and it's back trading. But for me, it's just, you know, no is the answer. Um, you know, I, I don't see that there's any any light against the end of the tunnel on this one. And, yeah, we, we've got plenty of other businesses doing a lot better uh, to be sticking your money into that one. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, we there are other ways, perhaps easier ways, uh, that you could make money as an investor. So that was for you, Mike. Uh, remember as well that this is information only. This is not advice that is specific to your own financial condition. So I wonder, Adam, is Hub24, yeah. 
It's Hub24, a company yeah. that uh, you could look to put your money into and grow it going forward, importantly. Yeah, absolutely. Hubstar, uh, we are we, sure and partners have got to buy on this one with a price target of $27. Um, look, I, I think that they've, uh, they've they've recorded some fantastic quarterly uh, net inflows of $1.9 billion. These guys are really sticking it to the big big platforms, the, 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 the NABs of the world or the MLCs of the world or the BTs of the world, those kinds of things. I think these guys are doing a fantastic run and a fantastic business. The stock's potentially sort of moved a little bit sideways now. I think it's really now that they're trying to bed down that explore uh, transaction that they did. It was the old managed accounts business that they bought. Um, they've also got the IWF uh, nearing implementation or the private label that they're working on with that one as well. Look, I, I think, um, you know, the flows are looking looking really good. Um, and, I, I, yeah, I can't say too much more about this one, but I really do like it. It's a fantastic space if you don't want to go into the banks. This is a really good place because you're obviously getting a decent dividend. You're getting fund inflow um, and, and this be, these businesses are growing. So it's Net Wealth and Hub are the two that we like. I think Hub is, has a better standout business than Net Wealth. And uh, we're really confident on that one. So it's a buy from me. Buy, $27 price target. Junbei, there has been a lot of consolidation in this space. Uh, is Hub24 likely to come out on top? Uh, I think they're well positioned for sure um, and potentially we'll see more consolidation in that space. Um, Hub is doing really well and I, I was going to give uh, Adam a high five. Um, absolutely, I think it's uh, something that you have, have have to have in your portfolio. Um, share price has run you know, pretty pretty hard um, simply because the flow has been very, very strong. Um, and um, you know, there could be some volatility as in you know, people sometimes take profit because it looks expensive. Um, but just look at its revenue momentum. It's been incredible. So, you know, it's proven to be very good um, strategy to be buy on every dip. Um, but even at today's price, I think it's looking very strong into the next update, into the results. Um, and uh, and just that, you know, the industry itself is going through so much disruption. Um, you know, the likes of AMP problems, the uh, MLC, IWF, the BT, um, essentially for sale, uh, the, the platform for sale. So, you know, there's a lot of disruption and it really benefits all those independent independent platforms um it's, it's a buy for me. it's a buy we've got uh one in the portfolio if it's not in there already just checking in with my producer i don't believe it is a hub 24 will be going into the osbiz portfolio and that uh has set me up nicely guys thanks for the segue to sum up what we've learned so far this program and in terms of IDP Education. Look, it's a hold for both of my guests today, the dream team of Jim Lu and Adam Dawes. And uh, it's, it's not a buy because of the price. It's just a little bit too expensive for both of my guests now, although both agree that this acquisition looks positive and that it will likely pull it off uh, and go on to success from here. Uh, just as a PS, uh, the company that I was referring to was Janison Education Group, J-A-N being the ticker code for that one. Uh, both of these, uh, my guests, Junbei and Adam, had also put KeyPath on your, um, uh, you know, out there as one in that education space that perhaps has a bit more value left in it. Let's get to the companies that you've nominated today. Nuix, it is an avoid, a hard avoid or sell from both of my expert guests. Uh, big rule for Adam, don't get involved with companies that have uh, court cases or any type of regulatory proceedings being brought against it. Uh, Junbei did say that everything looked good on paper. They took their profits early in this one, uh, particularly when things started going south. Management is the failure at Nuix. ROI Biosurgery, this is a buy for Junbei. She says, think of Polynovo. Uh, but at the beginning or nearer to the beginning of its journey, she sees a lot of upside in this one. It's an avoid for Adam. He doesn't really like the space. Interesting, but it's just not exciting for him. He does, though, have a buy on Digital X. He likes this one. He thinks that it's a way to get exposure to the digital currency story, but via a listed vehicle. And he sees upside, obviously, or it wouldn't be a buy. It's an avoid for Junbei because she just doesn't see where it has a competitive edge. And those are the kind of companies that she is interested in investing in. Freedom Foods was a pretty clear no from both. It's just in the too hard basket for Junbei. And again, it breaches that rule that Adam has, which is do not get involved 
with companies that are facing court proceedings. And then Hub24, it's going in the portfolio now. It's a buy. It's a buy at, um, with a price target of $27 for Adam Dawes and the guys at, and girls at Sean Partners. Uh, again, Jume says this is well positioned, could be some more consolidation in that space as well here in Australia, which has been quite active as of late. So you'll know that we already uh, we have our own portfolio here at Ausbiz. Thanks to our partner at NAB Trade, uh, we just celebrated our returns for the year yesterday, uh, just around 34, 35 percent from July 1st, 2020 to the end of the financial year. So the rule is two buys, it goes in. Weekly, we're up over one percent on the month. We're up over one and a half percent, and year to date. That's it, 34.8%. Now, our portfolio looking pretty good. Uh, let's take a look at some of the stocks that we've added. Data one, Energy One, I should say, Data Three, Laser Bond, BAPCOR, and Charter Hall Long Whale REIT. In fact, we just spoke with the fund manager of that Long Whale REIT yesterday, Avi Anger. If you'd like to listen to that interview, it's up on the website. And if you'd like to check out the call portfolio yourself to see what's in, What's out, you can do so, osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. All right, my guests today, just a reminder, Jumbe Liu from Tribeca Investment Partners and Adam Dawes from Shaw & Partners. Okay, guys, let's get ready for this latter half of the program, starting with Life360. So this is for Darren. Uh, the ticker code is 360 for those playing at home. So this is a family app. And uh, think about it as uh, location tracking, essentially. But the key is, Jumbei, is that this app is looking to take people through the life cycle next. Uh, what, what do you think is attractive at, about this business, if anything at all? Look, I think, um, you know, we do find it quite interesting. This business looks quite interesting that it does have 30 million actively month, monthly active users. That's an incredible amount of number. Um, very big in the U.S. and just incredible amount of number. Um, and it's um, the, the business itself. Um, it didn't quite um, monetize um, the, this base for years. And uh, it just seems that more recently, they're actually at the very early stage of being able to start monetizing you know, all these active users that they've got. Um, so it, it just seems that the organic growth is now um, really started to pick up. Um, and, um, you know, it, this could be a, a very large business if they can continue this uh, current trajectory. Um, I think, you know, I think this business is, uh, I'll put on a buy. Um, it's, um, it's, it's a high growth pet company with very high active um, user base. Um, you know, look, there is some questions about whether you know, do people, why can't just uh, people use Apple Watch and all of that to track the family and things? But this one, um, it provides a, a good platform and it started monetizing through, um, you know, different um, different other contracts. So it, it looks interesting, um, early stage, um, and it's got a, got a long runway. Um, and uh, for the price it is at the moment, I think I'll put it on a buy. Okay, buy from Jumbei for Life360. Adam, what do you think? Yeah, I'm with Jumba on this one. Um, and this is what I love about this show because I really hadn't looked at this one at all. So getting doing my study that I did last night for this show today, uh, basically downloaded the app, got the whole family on the circle. It's just what it's called, a circle. And uh, we're all using it today. So, look, I actually think it's a really great business. We have seen other businesses try and do this, but you, you're absolutely right, Nadine, that um, life cycle is, is something that I think is, 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 is something that's a little bit different uh, about this one. One of the things that I really did like about this is, is that, and I, I've got a 14-year-old daughter, so I'm, I'm very paranoid about everything at the moment, but um, <laughs> yeah, one of the things that, uh, that was talking about in there was that um, it actually can um, measure how fast they're driving in a car. So um, obviously the, the, the iPhone or, or the, um, it's all satellite-based, but it can then tell you how fast they're driving, if they're speeding, where they're going, those kinds of things. And again, as a, as a as a parent, you know, you don't want to be wrapping them up in bubble wrap or being a helicopter parent. But these these are the kind of things that technology can allow us to do. And 
Geez, if they had it when I was a kid, I'd be in tr- I'd be in a lot of trouble. But um, look, I, I think overall the investment side of things, it looks pretty good. They're saying annualized. They have for calendar 2021 annualized monthly revenue expected to exceed 110 million US. Uh, with you know, as as Jumbay say, I think you're about you're about sort of. Uh, did you say 30 million Jumbay users or 25 something like yeah, that? Yeah, 30 million every um, month. Yeah, 30 million every every month. Yeah, and then um, and also delivering about 916,000 paying circles. That circle is your family. So, you know, you can download it for free, which I found out last night. But then obviously then there's other things that you can pay for. And that's where obviously that revenue is coming for. They've got some really big names on the register as well. Um, you know, some influencers and they're doing that sort of thing in the US, which is, you know, get the influencers like Tony Hawk and a lot of other people I didn't know, but a TikTok influencer. And they've actually employed uh, one of the directors from Facebook, uh, 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 Mila Zuckerberg, uh, to Zuckerberg's sort of come on board. Zuckerberg's sister, yeah. So she's a she's a director. She's Zuck's sister, and I think that they've done a few yeah. deals with you know the Apples and the Googles of the world, uh, you know, in terms of sort of eliminating that immediate competition that might come from those competitors in the space as well, Adam. Yeah, no, so it looks really good. I mean, I'm going to actually do a little bit more of a deeper dive into the business and get an understanding. Look, we, the stock has certainly run hard and will probably continue to run hard, but I just like that space. And and as I said, with uh, two young children, I think it's uh, a really good idea. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So that's a buy. I, I'm, I'm, with, um, I'm with Adam here. When you talk about the actual uh, practicality of switching on this uh, device, yeah, it does seem a little bit scary because um, you know, how easy is that data then get accessed by your insurance companies and the like. So, um, yeah. Well, that's <laughs> I, uh, where the cross-selling opportunities comes in as well, right? <laughs> yeah. Also, I don't know how your 14-year-old daughter is going to feel about that, Adam, but we'll leave that one for there. <laughs> I was 14 once. It was fun. All right, let's get to our next company on the list, RentPay. And I like the the follow-up from Will. He says it was a beneficiary of the Slattery effect. Bevan Slattery invested and we saw the share price rocket higher. Of course, it's since cooled off. So is now a good time to get in considering house prices, considering demand for property, and the launch of the company's app on the App Store. Uh, Adam, have you done your your midnight research on this one? I have. I always do my research for you, Nadine, so that's <laughs> fine. Um, but I actually, uh, I actually own this stock myself, so uh, I'm, I'm really, uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of it. Um, Shores doesn't cover it, so I'm going out of limb here again, and I, I'm going to say it's a buy. Um, the, the whole idea of the Slattery effect is Bevan can actually, Bevan Slattery can actually bring a lot of uh, corporate work can bring a lot of uh, bigger investors into this business. And yes, the stock has fallen away, but um, the app to date has had two and a half, uh, 2,400 downloads, and that's in line with expectations. They've got a really good positive feedback on Google and app stores as well. And look, you know, I think the whole idea of this business is, is that, you know, you've got to get people on the, on the system. It's going to take some time, those kinds of things. But that funnel is starting to work really, really well for me. I think this is a really great little business. And I think Bevan's going to continue. He doesn't invest in things that he doesn't understand. So I think he will continue to bring that better quality uh, investor slash business uh, to this one. So, yeah, I, I like it. Um, it it's, a, it's a buy. And as I said, I own some as well. But renting is certainly something that will is not just here in Australia, it's, it's global. And uh, if you've got an app for that, I think um, disrupting will be good. Is there more upside in rent pay, enough upside for you, Jumbe, to put money into it? Look, um, I think if you believe the story, there's a lot of upside. Um, look, I, I, I think uh, I haven't heard of this company before, but I'm absolutely with Adam. Um, you know, the, 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 the Bevan's effect uh, is, uh, um, you know, will absolutely give me a bit more confidence into this business. And, so, you know, we as investors, we followed, um, you know, Bevan for years and then we made a lot of money out of so many different ventures. Um, and um, and I think this certainly makes it sound very interesting. Now, at the moment, I think uh, in terms of the rental market, the actual market hasn't really recovered as well. This is more of a macro view of what's happening to the rental market. Um, housing market is very, very strong um, because, you know, um, uh, people stay at home and you know all these excess low interest rate and everything drop 
driving up, uh, driving up demand for, for house prices, but the rental market hasn't been very strong, simply because we don't have travelers, we don't have international students, and uh, you know there's a and lack of investors as well in the housing market at this point. So um, the rental market actually has been still very soggy. So um, that's why we see, still see a bit of a dis, you know, sort of a disjoint across that whole market, but eventually we'll come back when everything border opens and the like. Um, but this business sounds interesting, um, but it does remind me of a lot of bigger business that have side business that offers those rental ability um, to do things. But being a pure play, if it has a competitive edge, will be interesting. It's something I will watch, um, but I probably wouldn't put my money in there yet. <laughs> um, and uh, But certainly it, it makes it very, very interesting on the, on the watch list. Okay, one for the watch list. Let's get to the next company on the list, Link Administration. Okay, this is for Jim. Interesting because we've had PEXA list now. Uh, made its market debut yesterday. Link administration, June Bay. Where's the upside here? Oh, the upside is enormous. Can I say that? <laughs> uh, look, it's, uh, uh, Link has done a very smart deal with what they did with PEXA. So uh, if you remember a few weeks ago or a few months ago, we have had all these uh, potential private equity interests in, uh, in Link. And most of those interests really come from buying Link and uh, carve out the PEXA, which is the crown of the jewel. And, uh, you know, has been incredible amount of, uh, um, you know, uh, interest into that asset. Um, and uh, then when the latest um, private equity bid was lodged, um, Link um, actually has done a smart deal in in that it decided to accelerate the um, or um, decide to go public to list the PEXA and to realize a valuation that was willing to be paid by private equity and at the same time still holding on to um, its holding of PEXA instead of selling it off just hold on to the you know the core business which is not doing that fantastically um, and uh, so you know and then now that PEXA list at the listing price and holding um, it certainly makes Link look very very cheap um, and it still also um, through that process managed to unlock some of the um, you know some of the cash as well to come back and potentially coming back to the shareholder I think Link is just, um, you know, sitting there with uh, with its optionality over the link, uh, over the PEXA stake. Um, I think it looks very, very cheap at this point. That's a buy, I think. Oh, it's a buy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Adam, uh, Jimmy raises a good point. City agrees, saying that it looks as if there might be, uh, you know, the chance of an on-market share buyback for investors coming up in Link. Yeah, absolutely, and it's around about $100 million that City is uh, looking uh, to, or potentially for Link to report coming into uh, this reporting season or this, this this half of this year. So, yeah, absolutely, there's some really good opportunities there for Link. Uh, we, we've, we've been buying a bit of Link uh, leading up into this PEXA float due to the fact that it was really hard to get any access to that PEXA side of things for retail clients. So we were using Link as a way to get uh, access to, and I think Link owns 48% of uh, PEXA still. So, yeah. uh, you know, that, that that's huge, um, you know, going forward. So uh, I, I like Link. I think the administration side, the superannuation side, I think I think it all sits well. Um, you know, we use Link administration, Link's market services every day. Uh, the website's always up. So I really like it. It's definitely a buy from me. I think that buyback is going to help support the share price. Most brokers have got sort of price targets around sort of $6, $5.70. So I think there is some uh, opportunity. It's a pretty boring stock as well, a little bit safe. And I think that's probably sometimes I like that kind of stuff as well. So, yeah, it's a buy from me for, for Link. Link is going into the Osmos portfolio. That's a buy from both of oh. our expert guests. Ooh, we are on a roll. We're doing all right for time <laughs> as well, guys. Um, <laughs> So but, easy. Uh, is that a to say talk slowly? No, no, yeah. no, don't talk slowly at all. You guys do whatever it is you do so well. All right, let's get to Eclipse Group, ECX. This one is for Angela. So it has uh, done quite well through this pandemic period. Uh, a lot of talk about it potentially being a takeover target. Bay, do you like Eclipse? Uh, look, I, I do like Eclipse. Probably not a strong buy, but it is a buy. Um, it's cheap. It's a key beneficiary of this whole strong second-hand second car market. Um, there's been a lot of M&A, and, um, you know, this one, you know, is it's, it's well positioned. Um, management, um, you know, took over this business, um, has done a great job, and they've done, um, you know, an incredible job of turning around this business over the last few years. Um, and, um, you know, I think it's... Uh, 
you know, I think the business is just on such low valuation. Um, and um, and then, you know, and then it's completely, it's almost ungeared and it's buying back shares. Um, and it could be a, you know, M&A target or um, all of that. So um, I think it looks, looks very, very good for a value idea. So this is a value idea. So buy, not a strong buy, but a buy nonetheless. Just looking at the broker coverage, Adam, which I know you do as well. I mean, it's got an outperform from Macquarie, Credit Suisse, and an overweight from Morgan Stanley. So it appears as if it's got plenty of, of market support. But again, you know, is there still value left in this story? Yeah, look, and for all those historians in the uh, in the market, you know, uh, Eclipse did a, a really, not a bad thing, but a real big slip up uh, a while back and they bought Grays Online. Now, when they did that, we were all wondering what the hell are they doing with this, you know, this sort of this business. And and I think that really hurt the share price and really sort of, uh, I guess, made the management understand what their core business is about. And uh, yeah, you can see that sort of dip there in sort of 2018 uh, that that sort of went through that sort of that issue of getting rid of that Grays Online and even Grays Online was sold to private equity and then they tried to bring it on. I think this year they tried to bring it on and then that didn't happen mm -hmm. either as well. So. Good to see that investors are, are wise to some of the uh, uh, workings or machinations of IPOs in the, in the Australian market. But um, so, yeah, look, I, I think Eclipse is is one. I'm going to say it's a buy as well. Uh, I'm going to go with Jumbo on this one. I think that secondhand car market, uh, auto sports, those kinds of things is doing very well. But we have seen all of the other larger um, auto makers or auto sales guys uh, and the names escape me, but AHG and there's another one there, Automotive Holdings Group, and there's another one there. Um, they've all absolutely just torn it. They've 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 gone so ridiculous. Um, I, I think that uh, this one has probably lagged a little bit to the rest of the sector, and that's probably why I'm agreeing with uh, Jumbe on that value call. I think uh, once they got rid of the, uh, that that uh, Grays Online and have actually then concentrated on their main business. I think it's a it's a it's a really good one. So it, yeah, it, again, it's a it's a buy from me. Is the other one RPM Automotive RPM ticker code? Maybe? Yeah, the, no, there was Oz, Oz. Anyway, um, we'll leave yeah. it. It's getting a bit awkward, Adam. Let's move on because <laughs> we are doing so well for timing. I'm sorry, uh, getting a bit loose on this Friday afternoon. Thorny opportunities so is the last one. What? Well, so it should be. It's the end. It's a, it's a, it's a new financial year. Happy New Year to everybody. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Happy New Year Happy to New you. Year. That, that's yeah. why we it's all a, look far more relaxed compared yeah. to last year, compared to last month. Yeah. Um, but the last one on the list, guys. We've got just a couple of minutes for it. Thorny opportunities. So T O P again. Is this one of those sort of? Uh, opportunities that you look at who's running it and it's got Alex Whitesliffe, you know, running it uh, quite, quite well known, uh, quite visible. Uh, does it give you confidence in investing in the Opportunities Fund, Adam? Yeah, it's an interesting one and, and, and doing a little bit of work on it, it was really quite tough to find out what they're actually investing in. Uh, on their website, they only gave us three companies, um, Money3, which is one that I really, really like. But then the other one, Pala, and there was something else in there as well that sort of haven't done that well um, going forward as well. So, look, if it's an opportunities fund. You know, there's this high-risk kind of businesses that they're going to invest in. And then, obviously, the opportunity is that it does move forward and, and does quite well. As you said, it's got some very good pedigree in that management side of thing with Alex and, and uh, a couple of other very good investment managers. I'm always cautious about an LIC that does trade uh, below its NTA. I think I looked at NTA the other day, it was about 61 cents. It's tra currently trading at 54 cents, 55 cents. So a little bit of discount there to the NTA. One, you could say that there's some opportunity there that, that it should get back up to NTA or, or close to. So there's some opportunity. But then other ones, you know, potentially why is it trading a little bit below uh, that? I think the, the, the whole group of thorny uh, investments are actually quite good. And I like the there's another one uh, in there that um, uh, it, it's more along the lines of the tech side of things. And I think that's probably uh, a little bit better for me. But I just struggled. I, I always like to know what these guys are investing in. And I know that, you know, you know Jumbe is never going to tell us all about her stocks in her portfolio. But at least you'd be really mindful of sort of the top 10. And I really couldn't get any real sense of what they're investing in. So for me, it's a hold. It's very illiquid below its uh, NTA. And I really couldn't get a sense of where they're going. So, yeah, it'd be a hold for me. 
Yeah, and June Bay, I mean, you're an active manager yourself. You would have no reason to invest in something like Thorny Opportunities, Lick, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, via Tribeca. But if you're a viewer and you're looking for some uh, alternative exposure, I mean, how, how does this opportunity stack up? That's a very good point because my client will be horrified if I actually invest uh, my institutional money into yeah. uh, in, into other lick or other fund managers. Uh, um, that's uh, just a matter of principle. Um, uh, look, um, I think for retail investors, of course, often it's very difficult to have access to have exposure to um, early stage businesses. And I think this is what, uh, you know, vehicle like this one and many a few others are like. They give you exposure to early stage um, businesses. And if it does do well um, and, um, you know, your payoff could potentially be enormous. Um, now, the, the, the risk is that with those early stage businesses, some, some of them will fail. And so you want to hold a portfolio of them and you want to back them management and it's certainly this vehicle has good uh, really good experience behind them um, and then you want to see the track record as well so look um, you know uh, it, it, it looks like it is a good vehicle to have gain exposure to that space but I agree with Adam you kind of need to see what's in there especially if um, some of those businesses are very early stage and risky businesses um, so yeah so that's kind of my sense um, and uh, and then if the investor themselves have experience or know the actual company itself, you might as well just invest in those companies and, uh, you know, um, and uh, take on that sort of risk. So, um, yeah, so my view is that um, it's uh, for retail investors, potentially it could be, but it just, it is probably more on the speculative front. Um, yeah, more a hold for me. Okay. All right. That is the Thorny Opportunities Fund. And Junbei, I will not put you on the spot and try to pry into all of the holdings in your fund because I want to remain friends. All right, I'm being told to thank you all first just due to lockdown. Huge thank you to Junbei Liu from Tribeca Investment Partners as always, Adam Dawes from Sean Partners as well. We look forward to doing this with you both soon and uh, yeah, hopefully in the studio as soon as possible as well. Right, thank, thank you so you. much. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Have a good weekend. I should say that thank as you. well. Now, uh, I'll run you through just what we learned over that past half hour or so. Hub 24, it's, oh, uh, sorry, Life 360 is where I'm starting, and it too is going into the portfolio. A buy from both of my guests. Adam hadn't really been across it before, but he's got his family signed up now, so that should tell you what you need to know. Junbei says it's a buy. Lots of organic growth likely to come. It's a high growth tech company, and it's got a bit of an edge, which she likes. Rent pay. It is a buy from Adam Dawes, who owns it himself. I like the disclosure. Uh, he just sees that the... the you know, the story is stacking up as time goes on. Uh, Jubei does say that she's got some confidence in the Bevan, the so-called Bevan Slattery effect. It's interesting, but the rental market still really hasn't picked up. So for her, it's just on the watch list. Link administration, look, it's a buy. You know, uh, Jubei was really excited about this one. Uh, lots of upside. She, in fact, she says it's enormous. And again, you know, don't forget that there is the potential for an on-market buyback. And Adam says that he likes that it's a bit of a safe play out there right now. Uh, look, Eclipse Group is also going into the portfolio. We are just being spoiled today. From both of our guests, uh, Junbei says, look, it's a weak buy for her. It's still a buy. M&A is possible. Well-positioned management's done so well. And pretty much the same sentiments coming from Adam as well, who took a little bit of a dive into the history of the company. And Thorny Opportunities, well, you'll never see Junbei putting her money into Thorny. She does say if you're in it, hold. But again, she says with these licks that invest in early stage businesses, it's always good if you know what's in there. You need to see what's under the hood. And that's what would put Adam off buying into this one is that there's not a lot of transparency beyond the top three holdings in uh, the opportunity. So another thing that works against it is that it's fairly illiquid. So uh, I'm, I'm sure that has got you across the program. If you'd like to catch up with it though, don't forget this is uh, available on on podcast form as well. If you'd like us to cover a company for you, just email us at the call at ausbiz.com.au and you can check out that portfolio thanks to NAPTRADE at ausbiz.co forward slash portfolio. We're working on the newsletter as we speak. The COB is also a podcast. You can subscribe at ausbiz.co forward slash the COB. Don't go anywhere. We've got more on Australian equities coming right up.